It's Saturday, October 6th. I'm Rich Frazier, and this is Taco Trees Nuggets. Well, it's a, it's a chilly 61 degrees here in Cap Monterey, California. Uh, freezing for me, but uh, I know a lot of you are probably laughing right now. Uh, anyways, so it's uh, 10 o'clock at night, and I'm driving home, and I got a half hour to spend with you. So uh, I got to play yesterday. Very exciting, very exciting. Uh, the, the new sewer crawl went smashing, I think. Um, again, I'm, I'm a little lagging with the PDFs. I really need to get my ass in gear and just copy them over and put them in OneNote and link them up. Uh, there's a lot of tables. I'm hesitant to do it. And uh, I'm waiting for someone to tell me, hey, someone uh, made it so you can just click a button and roll them right over here. Um, anyway, so it went very well. We started off with uh, kind of figuring out what was going on um, from the last session. We, um, uh, the, the, they found the dead queen, they were bringing her back, and they were trying to figure out what was going on there. So they, they talked to a couple con contacts, um, met a few friends, uh, went to a temple and asked an old uh, temple dog friend of theirs. Temple dog is from uh, Toma Beasts. It's a celestial uh, dog, I guess, that looks like that has the head of a lion. It's very strange. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why it's a temple dog, but uh, yeah, they're not supposed to talk. But I, I gave this one a voice. I like this one. Uh, Kamid uh, is their friend. They've done some stuff for him, and uh, he's done some stuff for them. So um, they talk to Kamid, and they find out that um, there's no one in town who can raise this lady. Right? It's been more than uh, the the ten days. Um, it has been. It's funny. One of my players said, "Well, if you listen to Cotton Street Nuggets, you know it's been more than two weeks." Uh, I love it. Um, so they uh, there's no spellcaster that can cast resurrect in in the city. Um, they didn't really ask too much about outside the city. Um, there's there's probably an option there to. To, to seek some individual, right? Uh, I, I don't know exactly what that is because we didn't go down that path. So I told them about uh, the Black Chamber of Akum. Akum? I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, it's uh, Aku something. It's uh, the god, one of the gods of death in Midgard. Uh, one of the masks of death. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which one he is. I think he's like Set. Um... Or, I mean, Anubis, not like Set. Uh, that's that's the way we played at the table. Um, I need to do a little more research. I need to pop open my uh, Midgard book when I get uh, get a rest and uh, get to kick my feet back up on the couch and uh, do some reading. Um, but, uh, so they find out that this place is located under the city. Uh, it's rumored to be located under the city, right? Um, and who likes following rumors? Everybody. So uh, the 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 veil between life and death is is uh, thinner here. So it's it's possible to use this place to you know uh, bring somebody back easier. Uh, so I'm I'm figuring someone could probably I don't know uh, cast a, a higher level spell at a lower level. So I'm thinking maybe raise dead turns into resurrection, right? Or vivify turns into raise dead, that kind of thing. Um, Cure wounds can be like a revivify, maybe. Um, I don't. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but it's going to work for him. Um, 
So they go traveling into the sewers. So exciting. Um, my system worked really good. We had uh, two mappers. One person was very excited to map, and um, he uh, he played a long time ago, so he played back in um, second edition, I think. Um, that was funny. Someone made a comment about percentile dice. I wish I could roll percentile dice more often. Uh, a couple of us laughed and said, play second edition, because you roll percentile dice all the damn time. Um, anyways, so uh, we had um, a person who was excited to map, uh, Tom took point on that and mapped on the paper. Um, my brother-in-law, Christopher, uh, took point on a visual map because they decided that they wanted like a visual representation so the whole party could see it. Um, so they were going to do it on the whiteboard. We play in um, an office conference room, so we have a whiteboard. It's, uh, it's, it works out very well. I love, I love my whiteboard. I hate playing without it. Um, I, uh, anyway get through that some other time. Put a pin in that, my whiteboard. Um, so, uh, I, I pulled out my note board, which is, um, it's basically like, uh, I think it's 15 index cards taped together with a uh, hex grid, uh, overlaid with a square grid on the front. Uh, and it's completely blank on the back. Uh, it's, it's a very cool product. They're not making them anymore. They're supposed to be coming into production uh, because uh, a lot of people are using them for role-playing. So um, the shape's kind of odd. Uh, I have two of them, so put together, they make a really good-sized mat. Um, it's like, uh, you know, I think it's more like 20 index cards. Anyway, it's like a bunch of 3 by 5 cards laid out. Um, and anyway, it's got the hexes on it, so uh, I kind of pulled out my stuff and said, okay, this is how I did the hex mapping. This is how I think you should do it. It'll go easier for doing it both the same way at first, right? Um, I gave them the map. Uh, I was asked, hey, there's stuff written on that. Is that this okay? And I was like, yes, let's go over that. You know, these are the things that you know where they are in the city. Um, so we we got to dive in, you know. They, uh, they jumped in and started going. And uh, things went really well. It was... It was random, right? It was, it was old school. It felt, it felt like I was playing first D again. You know, that's a, a lot of what we did. Um, those random tables in the back, like when I was a kid, those were my adventures. You know, I I would sit at the table and I would roll them dice. You know, and I would creep myself through an adventure. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, and when I got other people into it, I didn't know how to write an adventure. That's just how. I learned to write an adventure with the Dungeon Master's Guide, right? I learned how to um, roll the random dungeon, have them go through the dungeon crawl. Uh, I mean, First E was all about the dungeon crawl, right? Um, it was it was all about the, the dungeons and the dragons. Um, so, like, it felt it felt very reminiscent of my childhood, and I loved it. Um, we had a couple encounters. Like I said, I, I baked the encounter. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if I said it on here. I know I said it on my blog. Um, my table is set up so I baked in the uh, random encounter chance uh, into the what's in the next room role. Um, I was still keeping track of time, uh, kind of. I, um, 
I was using my dice pool abstractly, keeping track of time, right? Uh, but I was forgetting when they would backtrack, I wouldn't keep count that. Um, and also when, um, there was a couple other times where I was like, oh, I should have tracked that. Sorry. Um, and, uh, I did my usual thing where I still rolled for encounters after an hour. Um, encounters could have went over a little better, right? Uh, I wasn't as prepared. Uh, my wife had a roller derby game this weekend and she wanted to, uh, sell a bunch of stuff. Uh, so we kind of spent the week preparing for that, and uh, I stopped my prep on Wednesday, and I kind of wanted to do another day's worth of prep, but I just couldn't fit it into my life, right? Um, so I, I wanted to print minis out, but I didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, I, I want to go through my random encounter charts. I want to print minis out. I want to collect my minis. I want to have them all there, and I want to try to eliminate one of my bags. Um, I took a picture for you, Dr. Graves, DM Dad. You say it's, uh, you want to travel light and 5 E's not for you because you can't travel light. You should see the crap that I drag around. Uh, anyway, I'll post that, uh, somewhere for you. Um, so, yeah, we had a couple encounters. Um, we had, uh, uh, an encounter that turned out to be, uh, another adventuring group kind of taking a break. Um recouping their short rest abilities, as it were. Um, so they had kind of a conversation, and uh, they were tracking some ghouls through the sewers, um, and the the party kind of offered their help. They were like, oh, well, shit, you know, if we find them, can we contact you somehow? So they, they set up a little thing there, right? Um, it's, it's great what comes out of this random stuff. Uh, we had um, a Null Encounter, and we had some Flesh Reavers, which is um, from the Creature Codex, I think. It might be from Tome of Beast, but I'm pretty sure it's Creature Codex. They're like um, these humanoid things that crawl. They're made from old bodies, right? That The ghouls use them for, like, dogs of war, basically. Uh, sniffing out on their front lines kind of thing. Uh, they found these things, and they had broken free. Um... And they got very close to the black chamber of uh, whoever it is. I don't know. I need the page in front of me. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, so they got very close. They got so close. I swear they were like three X's away from hitting this spot. Right? They are heading right towards it. The rolls were going in their favor. They were going the right direction. They knew where they were going. But I've forgotten to tell them one thing. I had forgotten to tell them that it was in the cartways, which is the first level of the sewer, right? It's uh, the place where uh, the mine tracks used to run through. There used to be uh, kobolds mining under here, so they came across a couple of old mines. Um, then uh, rich people started using it to um, like transport their illicit goods and their, uh, meet their girlfriends and stuff like that. Uh, so they wouldn't have to go through the common rabble. Uh, after the, uh, the rebellion, uh, after Strauss was overthrown, then the cartways became like kind of, um, storage, right? There were, uh, stores who used the, the cartways as storage for their goods because it's cool and it's dark. It's, you know, secluded. Um, and 
recently the cartways have kind of been overrun. Uh, the guards tell people it's a dangerous place and they're all sealed off. So, um, I didn't tell them that this chamber was supposed to be in the cartways. So they come across a, a, a way down, um, a teleportation circle, right? This is uh, rolled up randomly, so that's what they get, right? No stairs. we got a teleportation circle. So they fool around with it. One of them pushes the other into it, and they find out, hey, this is, uh, this is something that's going to happen, all right? This is, uh, so they go down, and they kind of they futz around looking for each other. And then um, they find, um, they, they start to explore the hex below, right? They don't know where it goes. They don't know what level it goes to. Um, I told them for, for simplicity, we're going to mark it on the same spot on, this, on the new map that I just gave you. <laughs> and we're going to explore like that. So they started exploring a second level. Right away, they find a mine, and they decide, hell, we got as much time as we need with the queen, right? Because we have resurrection. Uh, it's it's not going to matter. The time isn't a thing. Um, as long as we've got, uh, you know, the body whole or whatever. Um, and uh, so they run across this mine, so they're like, hell, let's explore it. Ten minutes later, I'm back on track and heading the correct direction home. Sorry about that, I got lost on the freeway. I don't come out to Monterey that much, and it's hard to find my way home in the dark. Anyways, so, they find this mine, and they all decide, what the hell, we'll explore it. And I was frustrated. So, the party is steadily marching towards the goal that I set forth for them. Plotting, going, coming closer and closer and closer and closer. And then, squirrel, total distraction. So I'm prepared for this kind of, right? I know what to do in a situation like this. I bust open Donjon, I go to the dungeon generator, I futz with it because I haven't played with it in a while, and I couldn't figure out how to get a cavern set up, because they found a mine, right? So I was going to make it cavernous. So I just rolled out a big dungeon. And, um, went with it, right? Because then I remembered, wait a minute, the plot I set forth, right? That's not what this campaign was supposed to be about. That's definitely not what hex crawling is supposed to be about, right? So, I took a step back. I embraced my new dungeon, right? Because that's what we're doing. Like, what, what's the difference between crawling around in the, in the cartways and crawling around in a dungeon, right? My map looks different. They're not mapping the same way, right? We're on a smaller scale now. That's really the only difference, right? Um, it, was, it was a weird feeling because I haven't been sideswiped by this group in a long time. We've been playing for well over a year. I, I say we get, we're get we getting close to two years. Um, I don't know. I gotta go look 
and find out when I created that Facebook group. Um, but we're going a long time together, and I know these people really good, you know, really well. Um, and uh, well, I know them as players really well, right? Um, so I was thrown for a loop. I I had no idea, right? I, and so once I got my bearings again, I was fine, right? Okay, wait a minute. I know what to do in this situation. Don John, right? It's, it's my first answer when people ask me, what do you do when things go off track? Don John, <laughs> hey, hit it up, right? If you don't have the tools in your toolbox, Don John is the tool you need, right? Don John, uh, I, I can't say enough about this website. If you haven't been there, Google search D-O-N-J-O-N, right? It's uh, the, the website is Don, donjohn.bin, B-I-N, dot S-H. Um, and uh, yeah, you will, you will be amazed at what you find there. It is uh, the random generator of random generators. Uh, full random dungeons. Uh, very large random dungeons, if you like, you know, uh, in both senses of the words, right? Cavernous rooms or a very intricate, huge, sprawling dungeon. Uh, lots of lots of dials to tweak, you know. Lots of systems to view, uh, and it's it it's very system ag agnostic at the same time. I was using. Um, I think a fifth edition generator, and it just said, there's orcs in this room, right? Which is good for me. I'm fine with that. Orcs. I like it. Um, I know what an orc is. I know how to find an orc. Uh, I think, um, I think since I have the time now, I'm going to go in and I'm going to tweak that dungeon so it's a little more thematic to my world, right? Because there aren't a lot of orcs hanging around. There's not a lot of goblins living underground. Um, Midgard, at least, right? So, uh, I'm going to tweak it thematically, and uh, I think this is a chance to pull out some of those different monsters, right? Because when I was making the sewer crawl, I, I wanted a nice, tight list of monsters. Um, I broke it down to uh, a list of 20, which I decided I'm probably only going to use the first 10, right? I think the way I set it up, um, which I didn't use for some reason. Uh, it was supposed to be um, a D6 per level of the dungeon and also per tier of the party, right? So you, the deeper you go, the more dice you're rolling. And the higher level you are, uh, the, the more dice you're rolling, right? So there are tier one and they were the cartway, so I should have just been rolling a D6. Um, I ended up rolling what I thought was a CR5, what I had written down as a CR5, but what in reality was a CR4. Uh, so it was it was a little bit easier to fight. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's it. You know, it was it was a good night of crawling around in the sewers with my abstract hex crawl, and I really like it. Uh, I I know. Tom, the guy mapping, had a lot of fun. Uh, I know my brother-in-law liked it. And the other guys seemed to like it, too. The, the newer, the 5e guys seemed to like it, you know? Um, I mean, we're all 5e guys. That's all we really play right now. Um, my my brother-in-law um, plays other games, but not 
older editions, right? He plays like Savage Worlds, and he plays, uh, well, he plays Savage World Deadlands, and I think he plays, he's playing in a, a 5e Eberron, um, but he, he doesn't play the older editions anymore, right? I don't, I actually don't know anybody personally who plays the older editions. Um, as an OSR guy, I kind of lack a lot of OSR in my life. Um, but uh, I find that through the internet, right? Um, speaking of OSR and uh, the internet, I picked up Frostbitten and Mutilated. I was, uh, I came, I came into some money recently, and I got to blow it on gaming books. Um, so I subscribed to uh, Warlock. I got um, a couple of uh, uh, PDFs from Cold World Press, um, and I got Frostbitten and Mutilated. And uh, I was gonna chip into the the Kickstarter for uh, Cold World Press, but there were no PDFs. And they really made it sound like they weren't going to put PDFs up on there, um, so I was kind of bummed, and I was just like, "Whatever, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna spend my money on something else," because uh, I, because I've learned not to put my hopes in things, not to put my trust, and uh, because I always feel let down if if it doesn't go my way, right? If I would have said to myself, "Oh, Cobalt Press, they're good guys, they'll do it, they'll, they will, they'll, you know." They'll, they'll hear the community and they'll put out a PDF. Well, what if they didn't? Then that makes me feel bad, right? Because I had faith in them and they didn't follow through. And and that has nothing to do with them or anybody else, really. What it has to do with is me. Um, this is this is the way I am, you know? Uh, I, I learned a long time ago that if I put too much faith in something and it doesn't turn out, I'm disappointed. So I've just learned not to put faith in stuff, you know? And, and maybe that's not the best way to live. Uh, it, it's... It, and it's not necessarily the way I feel. Like, I don't take that to an extreme. Like, I have faith in humanity, you know? I don't ex assume the guy is going to be a jerk, right? Um, I'm not surprised when the guy's a jerk. But that's not my initial assumption. Anyway, this is all a wild tangent. And uh, I spent my money elsewhere. But Cold Bowl Press came through. I, I learned today that they did put PDF options in there, so I'm going to have to, you know, go rob a liquor store or some, something by the end of the month so I can get on a Kickstarter. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's see. Frostbitten and Mutilated. It looks really good. God damn, I love this guy's art. Uh, some of it's really hard to see for me. Um, uh, I'm colorblind, so I really like the black and white art, but he, he draws some wacky shit. Um, and it's really hard. Like, I can stare at something for, like... I stared at this one picture for at least 20 minutes. And, like, so many things, like, came out. You know, dog's face and owl's face. Um, and I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is that I'm looking at, right? And later on in the book, there's actually a different picture from a better perspective. Uh, and, and my initial assumption was right, you know? I was looking at kind of a giant made of, like bones and gore looking over his shoulder but like the more I stared in that picture the more things I could see and the less less I I, I felt sure of what that picture was <laughs> and, uh, and and the funny thing is uh, the, the reason I was staring so intently at it and trying to figure out what it was because the description of it was uh, this thing can't even be described so I drew a picture of it <laughs> and I was like oh my god why can't I understand this picture um, anyway 
it looks really good. Uh, I've gotten about halfway through it. Um, I'm at the, uh, I just finished the first dungeon, the main, the main core dungeon in the book. Um, and, uh, I was looking at the table of contents and I was like, wow, there's 50 pages of monsters in here. 50 pages of OSR monsters in here. 50 pages of monsters I will probably never use. But then I started reading them, man, and, like, if nothing else, it's great ideas, right? The owls steal words. They they take words, right? When you encounter an owl, they steal a word from you. And you can't use that word again. Like, you can use the thought and express it a different way, right? If they take tiger from you, you can say that, that orange cat with black stripes. But you can't say tiger anymore. And then once you've encountered an owl, every time you say owl, you encounter an owl. And they steal another word. First thing. Because the owls are conspiring to be able to communicate, right? Trying to trying to have knowledge. Um, but yeah, so there's some really good takes. Really good takes. And I, I love his writing. Um, I, I'd have to say the only thing I really, really hate about Zach's writing is um, the words he uses. And he comes up with these words. They're, they're 25 cent words, right? They're these big words that I have no idea what they mean. And that's why I don't like it, really. It's because I, I have no idea what they mean. So it's really hard for me uh, to read um, the, the, the hardback, right? And his works are so beautiful. Like, I love having them in hardback. Um, I own uh, Vornheim, Maze of the Blue, Medusa, uh, um, uh, Alice in Wonderland, I can't think of the name of it, A Red and Pleasant Land, and they're gorgeous books. Like, these are things that, you know, I share with people. I'm like, look at this book. It's gorgeous. Look at this book. Touch it. Open it up. Feel the pages. Look at the art. Um, I really dig it. And, uh, so, um, but I have to read it in PDF. And, and like I said before, I prefer to read in bed. So it, it's not too big of a surprise, right? Um, it's, it's coming from a PDF, so it's kind of hard to push into my Kindle. Um, although uh, I believe it is um, double column, but the headings are all pretty singular, so it might work okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I need that, that dictionary, right? I, if, if I'm reading it in a hardback, I have to pull my phone out to look out a word, look up a word. So I might as well be reading it on my phone or on my phone. Um, but that is that is like my big complaint about Zach S. I need a dictionary. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's smarter than me. Oh no, uh, let's not have guys like that write books, right? Um, so yeah, so far I, I'm loving it. Uh, again. I, I thought I was going to be disappointed with all the monsters in there, and he's got some evocative descriptions. Um, the animals are different, right? They're all they're all intelligent and see people as less than them, but they don't talk to people because they're less than them. Uh, it's it's an interesting way to describe things, and uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Um, 
so I will probably be doing like a more in-depth review once I get past uh, this second dungeon, which looks pretty interesting, and uh, get into all the tables, because, hey, that's why I buy the Zack Smith books in the end, is all the freaking tables. I love me some random tables. The more, the better, right? And again, the Tome of Adventure Design. That is the shit. I love this book. Uh, speaking of which, I think Tim Shorts left me a message about Tome of Adventure Design. Hey, Rich. Tim Shorts from Gothridge Manor. Uh, Tome of Adventure Design is fantastic. I have, I still have my little small paperback versions of it when it was just, uh, just a handbook um, back, I think Black Blade Publishing put it out. I think you can still get it on Lulu. I'm not sure now, but, and it had like the, the first part and the second part. And then when the whole tome came out, it had all three sections like with the monsters and design. So if you're using that, yeah, I know you're getting some good ideas because I use the same thing. It's probably one of my most favorite books to, to, that helps me out. It's always within reach. So best of luck on creating those adventures. Those are, I love, I love writing adventures. It's my favorite part of gaming. So, Hey, we'll talk to, Talk to you later then, Rich. Bye. Thank you, Tim. Oh my God, right? Tome of Adventure Design. Okay, y'all, raise your hands. How many out there are sick of hearing us all talk about Tome of Adventure Design? I swear I've heard it on four podcasts this week. Um, just go out and get it. If you're feeling this nudge, go out and get it. D100 tables for everyone. Every boy and girl under everyone's tree. A table in everybody's pot. Let's get it on, boys. Go get that book. D30 books, too. Uh, Creature Compendium, I think it's called. It's a great one. Uh, but the Sandbox and the Dungeon Master's Compendium are uh, amazing. Companion, not Compendium. Companion. Uh, D30 Sandbox Companion. D30 Dungeon Master Companion. Uh, these are great books. They are uh, huge assets. They are tools in my belts. These are things I carry around. They're on every device I have. I even printed out uh, D30 Sandbox Companion because uh, I was uh, I wanted to market the margins. Isn't that ridiculous? Um, all right, guys. So uh, I think that's all the nuggets I got for you today. Keep going on. <laughs>